One of the most important and overlooked aspects of remodeling today is that you can personalize your home. And when I say that, I'm not talking about changing the color of a tile in your bathroom from blue, which you hate, to green, which you love. Although, sure, do that. I'm talking about adjusting the house. Sometimes it's very layout and structure to meet the particular needs and preferences of you and your family. So much of what you see on HGTV or in shelter magazines is just another cookie-cutter update that includes making a standard house more luxurious or bringing it up to date in cookie-cutter ways. If you're going to take the time and spend the money and live through the stress of a home remodel, I want you to end up with a house that makes your dreams come true. For a perfect example of what I mean by that, today I'm going to chat with my little sister, who's been busily customizing her new home almost since the last time we spoke to her on the podcast last fall. Hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 6, Episode 2. Last week, I introduced those essential steps of the master plan process, summed up into a simple alliterative framework, the 5D design framework. The first one, the dreaming stage, is the one that most commonly gets skipped entirely in a conventional remodel process. And look, I can see why it feels extraneous to take the time for it. You look around and see finished remodels, you think you know what you need. And you don't have time to waste. The contractor says they're ready to go. All you need is a plan. But actually, this moment, right at the start of the project, is where the whole thing can go wrong before you even begin. Think about it this way. If you were about to get into a car to start a trip, you might already be running late. You want to get going. So you pile in, steer out of your driveway, and head off at your top legal speed. But did you map your route? You won't end up where you want to be faster if you picked the wrong option. And if your directions are off by too much, you won't end up where you wanted to go at all. Think about it. You know this dreaming time is worth it. In the lifespan of your home, you'll sleep there, wake up there, and spend most of every day being affected by the space around you. So, ask yourself, what does my home really mean to me? Is the house helping me live my best life or making each day a little harder? What do I need to change about my home and what do I want to change? Above all, keep asking why. Why do this? Why take on the trouble and disruption? When you ask yourself these questions, you might come up with some surprising thoughts about what to do with your house. When you take that time to ask what your house is doing for you versus what you wish it could do, you might just end up thinking outside the box and creatively tailoring it to the life you want to live. Now, this is advice I give all the time. So on one hand, I'm not surprised that my brilliant little sister listened, took it, and ran with it when she got her first home late last year. But, as she always does, she's really taken it beyond my expectations. I'm so impressed with how confidently she and her husband have been modifying their new mid-century home to perfectly fit their lifestyle. The first choices they made were largely made with furniture, when they decided to keep the TV out of their main floor living area by creating a beautiful reading and audio room in the classic mid-century combo entry living space at the front of the house. They took her husband's big sports TV and made a space for it in the basement. So now they have a high-quality movie sports evening space when they want, and they can completely walk away from it when they don't. As a result, they've created a low-key evening routine of sitting on comfortable mid-century furniture every evening, snuggling their cats, listening to records on the hi-fi, and reading books, just as they always wished to, but struggled to make happen when they lived in a one-bedroom apartment with a TV right in the center of their living space. 
But that's just the beginning. Their next plan involves a surprising choice for the den edition from the 60s at the back of their house. Leaning into the dream phase of planning has really helped them to brainstorm the perfect solution for that space. Because all the steps of the 5D framework are interlinked, we won't only stick the dream phase in our chat. KJ also talks about her process of discovering the house. She's been working diligently to make herself more familiar with the ins and outs of homeownership and learning more with each call for pricing to a subcontractor about how she'll manage first some small projects and later some bigger home improvement undertakings. And you can listen in while I twist her arm to sign her up for a master plan. She needs one and she hasn't got it yet. As always, you'll find show notes with links to the references I make and an outline of this conversation on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 602. We're going to chat about some layout things in the interview, so if that seems mysterious, check out the show notes for sketches of the floor plans so you can visualize what we're talking about. And I'll also include some photos. Without further ado, here's that chat. So it's been about, what, half a year? No, it's been almost a year since we last checked in with my sister, who at that time was in what I described as the exciting Zillow phase of her house hunt. And in that time, she's found a house, bought it. Yeah, she got her first offer accepted. We'll ask about that. And she's been slowly but surely making herself at home in the new house. Hey, KJ, we're sitting in the basement of your new house. We are sitting in the basement of my new house. You've got some comfortable furniture in here. It does not have the ratty carpet it had when you bought it. Instead, it has what? It has cork. At the suggestion of my sister, we have waterproof cork that was quick lock installed and actually kind of a fun project. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's not the first thing you've ever done with power tools, certainly, but it was kind of, this, the first project, the basement floor, was accomplished during the height of the pandemic when neither I nor my dad could come over and help. So you were really flying without a net there in terms of home improvement projects. I was impressed. A lot of phone calls, a lot of taking photos of things and saying, how do I unlock this or uh, get this into shape? You've put in new flooring in several places. You've painted, you've assembled some fun new and vintage furniture pieces that you didn't have before. Uh, And I think... The biggest project that has been accomplished slash is being accomplished right now is the addition from the 1960s era at the back of the house. Oh, first, tell us a little bit about the house. So the house was built in 1952. It's a mid-century ranch, go figure, (laughs) on Madison's north side. Um, It's super cute and it's perfect location. So one of the things I talked about last time was that I was looking in a very specific location near my work at the clinic that I work at. We also liked it because it had a walking distance grocery store, library branch. We spent this last summer going to the um, club league baseball games here in Madison and had just a blast being able to walk to do that because they are a drinking event. And you can hear them from your backyard. We can hear them from our backyard too. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, But yeah, we looked at about four to five houses in this neighborhood. None of them felt quite right. We were almost close to putting in an offer on one or two of them before this. And then this one came up and we liked the way it looked. It was on, you know, one of the streets that we'd thought of as sort of our ideal go-to streets. And when we got inside of it, we thought, yes, this could work. Uh, We put in an aggressive offer and (laughs) it got accepted. So we got this house. It was our first offer. It was accepted. Um, with very minimal back and forth, and it's been kind of a dream ever since. We love it. We're so happy to be here. I'm so happy for you. I have to admit, honestly, I was not only impressed that you got the first house you offered for, I was a little annoyed. But you had told me it was going to be hard, and I proved you wrong with my determination and willpower. (laughs) 
So, you know, little sister one-upsmanship strikes again. I'm very proud of you. And you've been making the place your own. Your husband has been focused on the yard and been finding himself a landscape gardener all of a sudden. We have monarch butterflies that visit our yard and bumblebees. We are working on making a pollinator-friendly habitat, and he is becoming a pro at it. So it's it's been also been great. That's fun to watch. So the reason I wanted to talk to you today was this interesting 1960s edition. So the house is just a two-bedroom originally. Uh, previous owner had fit in a bedroom in the basement with an egress window. And you guys aren't big, grandiose bedroom people. When you bought the house, this back edition was fitted out as sort of like a den slash man cave. It has the original late 60s dark paneling walls and a sort of a semi-custom, semi-homeowner built uh, entertainment unit along one wall. And as I mentioned, also in the basement, really gross, ratty carpeting, which you didn't tear it out right away, but it got torn out as soon as you could manage. Yes. I think what's interesting to me about that space is that to anyone else, the obvious use for it would be to keep using it as a den, to have the front room as sort of a formal living room and the back as a den. Or... If you wanted to be a little more ambitious, you could remodel it as a master bedroom. And it's very common to have a master bedroom addition off the back of the house. Actually, with a little bit more design thinking, we brainstormed both a really unusual and a really perfect solution for that space. So you want to tell us what's going to happen in that room? So it's this great room right now. And I mean that in in a lot of ways. One, that it has a large footprint. And so we certainly could have left it like that. But it also sort of tucks in around our our garage fits right into it. So currently our attached garage, we enter into the original footprint of the house into this very tiny, narrow hallway with a doorway down to the basement, a doorway in the opposite direction to the addition and a doorway straight ahead into the kitchen. Yeah, that hallway has four doors in a three foot by four foot space. It's tiny and cramped. And when we come in, there's nowhere to set things down or take off our muddy, snowy, salt, grimy boots in the winter, which was when we moved in. And so we were frustrated with it right off the bat. And so what we want to do actually is create a mudroom space in our addition. So our plan is to cut in a door on sort of the 90 degrees opposite wall, walking straight into the addition from the garage rather than turning to the side in the garage and walking into the original footprint of the house. So we'll walk into that space and essentially then divide the addition lengthwise, one-third, two-thirds, so that the third that's looking at our backyard, you know, the house forms an L and makes this cute little nook around our patio. We look into our shared neighbor's backyard, and we're, we've gotten really close with them. It's actually super fun. We're going to put more windows on that side. We're calling it sort of the bird-watching room. Um, it'll be more open and light and airy and bright and a place for us to sit, maybe eat breakfast, relax in the afternoons and read. And then the other two-thirds of the room where the door will be that will come in from the garage, we're going to treat as sort of this mud room, bike storage room, tool room, where we can carry in and out the heavy equipment that we need to work on projects in the house. Or my husband, Kevin, loves riding bikes. He's getting me into buying more bikes, although that's a challenge in the pandemic. Um, and so we'll have it as a space to work on those in all weather, store them safely. We might cut another door in on the far side of the addition so that we can have straight in and out access from there, too. But it'll just all of a sudden we'll have all the storage space we need for everything we want to be doing in the yard or out and about activities here in the house comfortably and that space to walk in, 
not be kicking cats out of the way, <laughs> not be getting mud all right into the kitchen right away, um, and then transition into our house in a much smooth, much more pleasant way. We're really excited about it. We really want to try to get at least some of it, at least the door part, uh, done before the winter because it was so unpleasant last winter to always be sort of tripping into the kitchen every time we came home. Uh, but we're really excited about it. Yeah. And I, I'm just delighted with this. I think it is the perfect example of tailoring a house to fit your own life because you don't need to be bound by what a space was before or what for resale value might be again. These are the things that you were missing from your lives. You guys are obsessed with your yard and with birds and having a space where you can really appreciate that. None of the other windows in the house, the kitchen, the bathroom, the bedroom can realistically be expanded to be a wonderful bird watching space. The other thing that the house didn't have for you was a place to obviously make a bike mecca for um for Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I think another another choice might have been to run that down into the basement. People often think of basement as a more unfinished space, a lower quality space, and that's where you would do gritty things like bike maintenance. But from a ease of access point of view, that's not as good. Running bikes down the stairs into your mechanical space back here would be pretty inconvenient. And you'd already taken steps to fit up this basement as your cozy TV watching den, because when you watch TV, you really love to. And when you're not watching TV, you want it completely gone from your lives. So these two parts of your life that are so important, the bird watching and the bike working, didn't have a home in your house. And you had this big extra space. Rather than buying a whole bunch of living room furniture to fit out a third sitting space, you came up with this great solution. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a little bit about the design process, how we got there. I will be the first to admit I have yet to have Della make me a mid-century solutions package. And I regret it deeply because I wish we had a master plan. Um, We need one to figure out when things are going to happen, what all needs to happen when we do each project. The addition feels like enough of its own space that I think it's what we're doing there will fit with the other tentative ideas we have with the rest of the house. When we start thinking about what are we going to do with the kitchen and the existing bathroom upstairs and other things like that, I can't imagine doing that without a master plan, but I might be a little biased from my big sister's advice. Uh, So we've been trying to think about, you know, what can we do ourselves? What do we need other people to help us out with? I've been getting better at uh, figuring out who to call and ask these kinds of questions. And it's definitely hit or miss. I've had some phone calls where it's super helpful. And I feel like everything I ask, I get an answer that helps me figure out in more detail, what are the actual next steps and what do I need to pull together? With a subcontractor? With a subcontractor. Other time, I tried calling the permit office and maybe I didn't call the right person. I still need to figure it out, but we just confused each other terribly. <laughs> um, and that's definitely on me because it's my first time doing this. But um, I think, you know, we've been thinking about our three options of speed quality or saving money. And definitely, I think the thing, you know, we've done some projects already, but for the most part, we're trading off on speed. We're, you know, we plan to be in this house for a while. We want to do this right and not spend too terribly much money on it. So we're taking it slow and trying to do it at the cost we want, with the quality we want, with the plan we want. But we need a master plan. (laughs) Yeah, I think you do. (laughs) But at this point, you got to get in line because we're fully booked out through the end of September. This is actually not even a bit. I really am trying to (laughs) twist her arm here. Thanks for listening in podcast. Um, So yeah, this is, I'm so delighted with how you guys are living in this house, making it your own. 
It's funny. I never really thought of you guys as housey people. You were so well suited to your apartment life too, but watching Kevin just nest into your garden and watching the two of you make this house your home. It's been so satisfying. And for those of you listening, I've been intermittently posting photos of this process on Instagram. I'll gather them into the show notes. So if you want to check out some of the really cool, bold paint choices that KJ makes that I would never dare on my house because I do everything in gray, uh, I'll put those pictures together and also some of the floor plans that we've been working out for this space. Yeah, we've been trying to lean into really making it a place for us and not how would other people use this room or what makes the most sense from that perspective. And it's been super comfortable from the get-go. We're we're loving being in here. We've got a lot more projects in mind, uh, but the way it is now is also great. So it's it's all good. Yeah, it's just been a delight to watch you guys go through this process, and it's been fun to help out in the ways I can. I can't wait for you guys to decide you actually need a master plan so we can organize the whole project, but... I'll stay tuned and uh, I'll let you jump in right at the end of the line whenever you decide to sign up for that. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) If it wasn't totally clear from the chat, basically we're talking about downgrading something that had been a den into a three-season porch and a bike-focused workshop. To a house flipper, this would be madness. But my sister and her husband are planning to stay. And even if they weren't, this is a change that will take their house from good to great. It fills the last of their major lifestyle needs that the house wasn't meeting in a way that a third sitting room certainly would not. Now I expect that your home is somewhat different from theirs, although mid-century homes have a lot in common, but I know you have totally different personal preferences, passions, and projects in mind. I challenge you though to re-examine your house. Does it have what you need right now? Maybe you have a formal dining room, but what you want is a sewing space. Your kids might each have their own bedrooms, all the space is allocated, but they long for a playroom. Could they double up to sleep and get a daytime chaos room in trade? Is your basement just holding stuff, or could it be reallocated as much-needed living space? Many home remodels include additions, but more can be accomplished than you expect by just reallocating the spaces from one unwanted task to another that you love. And you better believe it's more budget-friendly to make that choice. I'd love to hear what's popping into your head. Hop onto my Instagram, please, and send me a DM to let me know what your house isn't doing for you yet. While you're over there, you can check out my recent IGTV series on dreaming and discovering your house. Find it at MidMod Midwest. And if you tap on the little TV icon, you'll see those videos and more are coming. So that was our dip into step one of planning a remodel, giving yourself time to dream. If you missed last week's episode outlining the whole 5D design framework, I encourage you to give it a listen, or you can just download the PDF laying out each step at midmod-midwest.com slash framework. For more advice in custom planning your home update, reach out for help by going to my services page to set up an appointment for an hour paid consultation about your house or apply for a master plan design for your home update. And keep your eyes peeled for announcements about the relaunching Ready to Remodel course coming this fall. You can sign up for the waitlist to make sure you're the first to hear any news. Next week on Mid-Mod Remodel, we're going to chat about how you can get really empowered to lead your own remodel, no matter your background or skill level. I'm going to frame this specifically for women or female-identifying single homeowners, but in reality, this episode will be chock-full of useful advice for anyone who's ever wondered, do I know what I need to plan a remodel? Yes, you do. Or at least, yes, you certainly can. Can't wait to share it with you. See you next week.